Blog Talk Radio. Technical skills here. <laughs> welcome to uh, welcome to uh, Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, hello, everyone. Yes, um, uh, if it's your first time tuning in, uh, my name is Jim Ventura, and I am a what I like to call a navigational consultant. My expertise is in astrology and numerology and tarot. And animal cards and uh, rune stones, all kinds of good things that I've been studying for many, many years. I do do private uh, personal sessions with people by uh, phone and uh, as well as in person uh, for, for anyone local in Phoenix. Um, and uh, information about that on my website. I'm also an author and uh, published my first book a few years back. It's called uh, Dirty Little Secrets, and that's available on Amazon, or you can get that directly through my web link here. Uh, also, um, I do a monthly column called Snake Oil. In fact, this is my uh, first show of the month, one of my favorites to do, because this is the show where I get to read my monthly column on air and then talk a bit more about it in detail. And then uh, a little while into the show, about 20 minutes, half hour into the show, I will potentially open up the phone lines if anybody wants to comment uh, or uh, ask a question about the subject we're talking about, or even their own uh, personal uh, questions or, um, or or subjects. Uh, so anyway, welcome. Um, uh, I see I've got a couple people in the chat room here, and they're telling me there's no sound. Uh, yeah, there there should be. Um, uh, try, sometimes just the volume is down on your on your computer and a lot of times we don't even catch that. The other thing is if there's still an issue then then go back and refresh and come back in if you're if you're not catching the sound because there's nothing I could do uh, about it on my end and most of the cases when this has happened there really was sound there was just something off on someone's computer. So again, hopefully you'll be able to uh find a way to refresh. Um let me uh, let me just punch this in real to give her uh, her or him some info here. Uh all right, let's see. That's one of the problems is when I'm on the air. Um, when I'm on the air, it's tough to kind of type and talk at the same time. Or uh, sound on computer maybe off. Okay, all right. So anyway, hopefully um, uh, hopefully you're able to solve that for anybody in the uh, true listening live if, you're, if, you're, if there's an issue with the sound quality. Again, those are my suggestions, although I guess I'm kind of laughing because I'm thinking that my suggestions are not going to be heard if there's a sound issue. Anyways, hopefully you are able to uh, figure that out and reboot that. Okay, so anyway, um, that said, I'll, I'll send my uh, good vibes that way they're able to get uh, the sound coming up on the uh, computer here. Um, anyway, so again, uh, this is my first column, uh, my first show of each month. I, I do do the show every, uh, we'll say almost every Thursday at 3.30. Sometimes the shows are 
Uh, for the most part, the show's usually 45 minute shows. Sometimes I do an hour when I do interview shows. Occasionally I do a half hour if I got other things pressing, but most cases we usually stay on for about 45 minutes to an hour. And uh, the first show of each month, I always like to read my current column. If you're not already getting uh, my monthly column, absolutely feel free to email me at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com or at VenturaWords at Mac.com, and I will add you to my mailing list so you get my free monthly newsletter. All kinds of good information there, and your email address is never shared with anybody, so you'll never have to worry about that type of stuff. It's just my monthly column that you will get. Okay, so if it's your first time um, tuning in or you've tuned in before, um, this is uh, my brand new column. So if you've not already on my mailing list, you probably have not heard this. And this is a bit about what our subject is about today. Okay, so uh, the title of this snake oil is, This is the Dawning of the Age of Aquarius. I heard the cutesy song, Age of Aquarius, the other day on the radio. The group that sang the original version was the Fifth Dimension. They really captured the optimism and hope that were was part of the movement in the late 60s and early 70s. The emergence of the counterculture and the hippie movement at that time, with its focus on love and acceptance of everyone, were definitely markers for a positive shift in group consciousness. The movement lost some of its credibility by its overuse of drugs and its rejection of many of the values and traditions that are part of any functioning structured society. Still, there was something positive and different about that time in our history. The popular Aquarius song was accurate to some extent. We were beginning to enter into a new age. Now, in 2011, we are more firmly footed into the Aquarian age, while still dangling on the edge of the remnants of the Piscean age. Approximately every 2,000 years, the overall consciousness of the planet moves into a new astrological age. Lines between the end of one sun and the beginning of another are difficult to specifically pinpoint. It can take many decades before group consciousness fully matures into each new cycle. The Piscean Age before us started approximately in 0 AD, around the time, of the theoretical time of the birth of Christ. The Piscean Age was categorized by a strong influence of religions that were based on the idea of selflessness, love, and sacrifice. Many of these attributes were infused into other aspects of society, and what the majority valued as the highest ideal or correct way to be. Much of this era was influenced by Christianity itself and other religions and philosophies that valued these concepts. The age of Aquarius before this was a completely different focus. There was even more energy focused on conquest. The God of the Old Testament was seen as a more demanding, strict, and even angrier God. Many remnants of the Aries age were still important focuses long into the Piscean age. Still, the Piscean age brought more compassion to group consciousness. It also brought sacrifice and even martyrdom prominently into play. The story of Jesus' death on the cross and sacrifice for man's sins is a perfect representative of the duality of Pisces. This is one of the reasons why it has been such a strong focus for thousands of years. Now we are really beginning to see tremendous influence, uh, amounts of influence of Aquarian energy in our society. Aquarius rules brotherhood and sisterhood. Friendship, technology, intelligence, advanced thinking, eccentricity, and our hopes and our dreams. The emergence of the Internet, Skype, Facebook, and television channels from all over the world have opened doors that have never existed before. You can more easily connect with friends from every corner of the planet. The positive use of technology has created new paths that have benefited many people already. All over the world, people are seeing images of different cultures, philosophies, and perspectives. Uh and points of view that differ from our own. 
we're finally, we're literally linking together and beginning to see the value of different perspectives of thought and wisdom from all around the globe. We're beginning to truly value diversity, and at the same time, we can see the unity that connects us as brothers and sisters. The prospect of peace may still be far off, but is moving into view. Because Aquarius values higher thought and awareness, we're seeing an expansion of new philosophies and perspectives. Expansive groups that want to save the planet, whales, wildlife, and other important parts of the world are increasing. Society is expanding to value aspects of eccentricity and originality. Atheists are coming out of the closet. New Age people are also coming out of the closet. More and more people have an individual sense of spirituality. Many of the world's religions are losing members rapidly. People are moving away from philosophies and religions that prioritize sacrifice and suffering. The more staunch and fearful religions that demand conformity will continue to lose followers. Over the next few decades, religions that are expansive and adjust to changing times will flourish. The ones that cling tightly to old formats will continue to shrink. Society is evolving, and fear, judgment, and stubbornness will not halt this evolution for very long. While many of these things are clearly positive, there are also negative sides to Aquarian energy as well. Though the negatives are truly subjective. Aquarius brings a healthy detachment, but can also overvalue intelligence and be uncomfortable with emotion and feelings. Sometimes advanced thinking or forward thought can lead to arrogance and even fanaticism. Marriage is taking a hit. Many people will choose not to marry in the traditional sense and live alternative lifestyles instead. The Piscean focus on sacrifice is becoming less appealing to many people already. This is clearly becoming the case with young people questioning the value of many traditions. Heterosexual couples and single people who choose not to marry and raise children will increase. Gay marriage and relationships that fall outside the quote-unquote correct formula will become more commonplace during the Aquarian age. Many people will seek friendship and companionship over the sacrifices of marriage. Technology brings new opportunities can also create detachment. The fascination of technology is apparent with kids texting each other when they are in the same room. Online pornography and webcam contact is so readily available that many people are drawn to this over the risk of real intimacy. Aquarius is not comfortable with lower emotions, and this can take us a little uh, make us a little bit more robotic around vulnerability in many different areas. Eccentricity can lead to extreme rejections of the value of many uh, traditions and rituals. Times are definitely changing. Uranus has moved into Aries. Uranus rules eccentricity, iconclasm, and a part of us that needs to be a completely unique individual. We will see more revolt and upheaval all over the world as people break away from governments, dictatorships, and religions that limit our ability to grow, to thrive, and pursue individual choice and personal fulfillment. The shifts in the Middle East are great examples of changes in the world that are influenced by the Aquarian Age. Facebook has been more influential in changing groups and even countries than most wars and military strikes ever could accomplish. Societal shifts are always, will always create turbulent times. They also take a while to solidify, but we are moving into the Aquarian age, like it or not, anyone holding tightly to the past and expecting things to return back to the, quote, good old days will get left behind. A unified planet and time of brotherhood and peace are on the way. There is going to be a lot of drama and revolution as we make our way on the road there, but just like the song says, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Okay, so that's why I played my little um, Age of Aquarius <laughs> song, by the way. I don't know how well that came through. I know a couple people that were listening had mentioned that they were having trouble with the sound. 
Okay, so let's say hi to everybody in the chat room. I also want to say hello to everybody listening because I know many of my listeners are not actually in the chat room, and that's okay too. So hello to Cat Love, hello to Mustang Sally, 2642, and hello, of course, to uh, my good friend One Love 555 Good to see all of you, and again, welcome to the show. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this subject in a little bit more depth because I know it's a very interesting one. I, I, I put my column out, and I got a, quite a few uh, comments on it, uh, most of them positive, um, from other people that were also interested in astrology that felt that I had done a pretty good job of expressing this societal shift that is going on. So, you know, uh, let's talk again a little bit more about this. And like I said, in a little bit, I'm going to open up the phone lines and anybody can call in with comments and questions and um, even uh, potential personal uh, questions. We won't have a lot of time for that, but we'll squeeze in a little bit of time toward the last 10 or 15 minutes of our show for that because that's always important to me. So, um, again, welcome everybody in the chat room. I always like how you say hello to each other, by the way, too. I love that. So <laughs> feel free to feel free to chat amongst yourselves while I talk away also, too. It never bothers me. And um, if you have any comments or things, of course, you can always post them in there. Sometimes I, I will read them on air. So anyway, uh, this whole Aquarian shift, yeah, kind of big stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I can't think there's an old expression about maybe, uh, I don't know if it's that the expression is may you be blessed to live in in, um, in interesting times or may you not be cursed to live in interesting times. But uh, these are definitely interesting times because we are absolutely um, shifting into uh, the age of Aquarius. And, you know, much of this started as I was talking about really, we saw this beginning to happen really most strongly in the 50s, and especially the 60s and the 70s. In fact, you know, I always say, it's actually interesting, but when, when people talk about this this theoretical second coming of of Christ also, I think that in many respects some of that energy already came. I think much of that was even largely expressed in the hippie movement and, and that, that element of love and peace that was so prevalent that we saw in the late 60s and early 70s. Again, like I had mentioned in the peace on the negative side, um, yeah, you know, uh, you know, people were tolerant and loving and open and, you know, there was some really cool stuff. I was just a little kid during this, by the way, so I, I, always, thought I, I always felt like I missed out on that, that cool time because I was so young. But uh, on the negative side, yeah, the hippie movement also kind of, went a little astray by being almost too extreme with the rejection of, of society and its rules and the regulations and, you know, refusal to <laughs> to deal with reality to some extent also and not seeing the value of, of home and family and, and those things as well. So it went very far in one direction. And, and the bigger mistake, I think, that was really a big part of that movement that lost some of its strength was in, in its overuse of drugs. And, you know, I, I, I'm no prude in that area. You know, in my younger days, I, I experimented with, with different things. Um, uh, you know, really, even back when I was in college, I would say, I think I, I spent my college years stoned half the time. But, of course, it was more, um, you know, it was more kind of marijuana and stuff like that. I actually never really had much of an interest in um, in uh, the harder drugs and things of that nature. It was really not much of a pull for me. I guess I always was a little... I would say one of my jokes is it's, it's called being half German. I think there's a part of me that's too much of a control freak to be willing to let go to those levels of extremes. But that said, there was really, you know, typically approximately every 2,000 years we move into a new age. 
And, you know, from, from 2000 uh, B.C. to 0 A.D. approximately, if you look at the culture, um, even even the uh, a lot of uh, texts and information that you get from the Old Testament in our Bible, um, a lot of it really refers to the, the process of God being a more forceful, angrier um, God that demanded, you know, um, kind of uh, uh, an obedience in that sense. And then we see this very different change of Piscean energy enter into the picture in the approximately the time when Christ came in, and we see a different kind of vibration going on because now we're seeing this Piscean energy becoming more important, which is about compassion and understanding and sacrifice and duality, and um, and also you know on the negative side suffering and 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 martyrdom. You know we can see a lot of this even going on with some of the Middle Eastern extreme uh, cultural perceptions as well too. This value of being a martyr, this value of suffering in that sense. And I like to say um, that uh, it's a very very uh, important thing to look at uh, about uh, you know th- this change in consciousness because again it brought in some very very uh, positive type of energy and then by the same token it, um, it it brought in this element of suffering being a value uh, you know I, it's actually funny because I, I hear a lot of people talking you know about this this fall of marriage that a lot of people are, are not as committed as they were they're not willing to go through the sacrifice and the demands of marriage in that sense but to me that's very much part of this shift into an Aquarian type of philosophy and a perspective um, it absolutely is uh, a change in in our our perceptions and our consciousness in that sense. So you'll especially see this um, you'll especially see this type of thing with younger people, of course, who are more comfortably moving into this type of vibration and this type of energy. So I mean, the strength of Aquarius again is it it rules. Um, our hopes and dreams, our group associations, our friendships. Uh, you know, Aquarians typically value um, intelligence and uh, a certain element of nonconformity and being unique and being different. It's one of the strengths of Aquarius. Uh, by the same token, also, like I mentioned in the piece, you can have this real ideal of brotherhood. Um, you have this ideal of brotherhood and, and companionship and camaraderie and let's enjoy being unique and let's enjoy being different, of course. But you can also get almost a level of extreme detachment that could come into play. Um, you know, even as individuals, we have our own astrology signs and our own influences of astrology. And every you know sign has something that it has to learn. Uh, uh, Aquarius is, is actually warmth, because you know a lot of people misread Aquarius as being a water sign. It's absolutely not a water sign. Aquarius is an air sign. It's a fixed air sign. It's a very strong focus sign but it's also about communication and information and exchange of ideas and that sense of thought and process. So the beauty of that, of course, is this this increase in intelligence and, again, not getting caught up in these lower type of emotions whenever possible. But on the other side of it, of course, is uh, you know a level of detachment that can be um, almost an oddity in that sense also, too. I find like Aquarian people to me, aren't usually extremely emotional, but when they are emotional, they can become very emotional. It's almost like the floodgates are opened, and now they don't know how to handle it as much, so they can become extremely emotional, while most of the time they attempt to maintain an element of, of healthy detachment. 
So when we see this being applied to a societal perspective, again, we're going to see this increase in the value of, of nonconformity and, and this idea of uniting the planet somehow and in some ways while still maintaining a certain sense of individuality, um, this idea of peace. You know, it's funny because the song Age of Aquarius uh, by the group The Fifth Dimension, there's a line, of course, that says, when the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars. So, uh, by the way, astrologically, the moon is in the seventh house like uh, uh, every month for at some <laughs> at some point because the moon travels quickly through the houses. But Mars and Jupiter alignment in the seventh house would be less commonplace in that sense. Um, but it, Mars represents our aggressiveness and our male energy, and Jupiter rules expansiveness and philosophy and and uh, and you know and, uh, and and goodness and abundance and all of those things. So. If anybody's ever wondering what the meaning of those things are now, that gets a little bit more clear, which I think is good. Um, let me interject here I, uh, to one love five five five. I will. I'm going to get to the personal questions in a, in a little while. I'm going to. I want to stay on this topic uh, for a bit before I, I hit that toward the end of the show. So um, I'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, okay. So. Getting back to our point here, um, yeah. So this is what we see as a shift in 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 our in the in the, the general overall consciousness of the planet. So the negative sides of it, of course, are you know. I mean, I, I've seen this even in my own life and with other people. Sometimes there's almost a detachment and a lack of willingness to really, um, you know, marriage. A lot of times for people is is an element of sacrifice. You raise children, some in some cases. You're willing to give away certain elements of yourself. You're willing to commit to one person. Um, you know, there's an element of sacrifice that very much is part of, of the marital structure in that sense. And I think that's why this Aquarian energy is really, really beginning to push people a little out of that. Um, I don't think marriages will end by any means. I just think, again, they will begin to decrease. Uh, the same thing we see with, uh, you know, really extreme religions that focus on the idea of suffering, where that becomes kind of the, the main priority or main focus. A lot of that is also something that is dropping from the consciousness of a lot of people in terms of what they necessarily want. So on the, the negative side, as I had mentioned it too, to me is, you know, Aquarian energy can be a bit detached. You know, I always think that I was at my, a friend's house the other day and her 16-year-old daughter was sitting with her friend at the table and we were eating and they were texting friends and texting each other while sitting across from each other. And um, I was amused at one level, but another part of me um, uh, was a bit disturbed. <laughs> I want to say in that sense that there was such a level of, um, there was such a level of detachment uh, in, in their perceptions and in, in their, their process that you're in the same room. So I think that's one of the things that could be very, very funny about this Aquarian shift. And I, actually, I was listening to a radio show the other day, and they were talking about these new advances in, um, in, uh, in, in I, I'm trying to think of the right words for this, but in, uh, you know, like in video games and things of that nature, in, in, in perceiving alternative reality, there's a, a tremendous amount of, of um, I can't I, well, I can't get the right words for this, but it's kind of that situation where you know, like even when you play Wii, the game, you're you know you're 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 using a hand controller to be your arm in that sense. So this uh, this idea of a uh, of a 
a technology that is going to um, increase our ability to to live in almost in experience alternative realities. Like you know, if you look at old episodes of Star Trek and things of that nature, they would go into like a hologram imagery room where they would experience something and almost feel the emotions and see the people and feel like they're participating in an alternative uh, world or universe in that sense. Interestingly, and that's what the show is about, these these things are really going to become a reality for us in the next uh, 10 or 15 years or so. It's absolutely going to become far more commonplace in our, our day-to-day activity and our day-to-day lives. And, and again, in the next 10, 20 years, I think this will be a norm sometimes for people to um, to have these types of experiences where they go into a hologram room and things of that nature. And at one level, it's extremely cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, you you got to kind of really, really grasp the coolness of the situation. But at another level, um, I do think that, um, you know, there are actual experiences that you can go through in that sense that are, are, are enjoyable and where you actually meet with a person and you see them and you have actual contact with a human being. In that sense, that might require a sacrifice. In fact, um, I think even the airline industry is going to take somewhat of a hit in many ways because I think a lot of business people are going to be able to do conferencing over the phone uh, where they'll they'll be in a video screen in the room, you know, maybe their office is in California and they have a meeting in Chicago and they're on a video screen and, and dialoguing and talking and those video screens are becoming really, really advanced where you can also see the room yourself and, and get different angles. And so I think uh, a lot of people are going to choose not to necessarily fly in some situations, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But again, I'm trying to paint a picture here for you guys that there's a change about the willingness to sacrifice. Uh, Aquarius usually isn't as as gung-ho as Piscean energy is about the necessity of sacrifice. So that's kind of one of these little interesting dualities that we're going to see here and kind of this element of detachment that comes into play. I know a lot of people, I had a friend of mine years ago who was a gay man who was dating... um, someone who lived in Australia while he lived here, and they had a webcam relationship for much of the time. And he said things, oh, but we do. We have wine together in the evening. Um, Once we danced. And a part of me, I thought, boy, that's really adorable. But then another part of me thought, yeah, but, you know, you're in a relationship with someone in Australia. I mean, I don't know, man. That seems like a difficult difficult process in terms of, of, of finding intimacy in that way. So, um, again, these are some of these odd things that are coming into play. Now, whenever you have these shifts in in consciousness as an overall change in that sense, one of the things I think that we have to be conscious of, sorry, I'm drinking coffee here at the same time, one of the things that we have to be conscious of and aware of is it can take a while for societal shifts to come into play. They're really not overnight transitions in that sense. Um, they do take a while for them to, to come into play. But also, and, and very clearly, during times of major shifts in society in terms of its values and its focus, it's always turbulent, always turbulent. You can almost guarantee that. You can see much of this even being part of the very aggressive and to some people disturbing weather patterns that we see happening as well, too. Um, they all, they, they're not only physical shifts within society itself, but they are also, um, again, largely group consciousness shifts that are coming into play as well, too. And remember, when when, when the energy of a group is disturbed or out of balance, it will 
affect the weather and things of that nature as well, too. I, I think I had mentioned this in my last show, and if I didn't, I think it's a very significant thing to mention, but there was recently, in the last couple of weeks, a lot of tornado activity in the south and uh, in, in the Carolinas and, and in some of the, the deep south. They had a really a lot of very, very difficult uh, things to deal with with tornadoes, and, and a lot of people were hurt, and a, you know, a lot of destruction had come into play during that particular time. Um, if you if you think about this, I think this also correlated somewhat with the 150th anniversary of the Civil War around the same time. So there was a lot of turbulent energy that was being brought up uh, during that particular time and during that particular period. And then again, it translates into weather. So we 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 really often don't see the how much we're interconnected with the landscape in that sense and how much we influence things uh, for good or for bad that way. So yeah, there's still a lot of very turbulent energy even in our um, even in our uh, in this country alone. Uh, I know it has been this way for quite a bit, and anybody could probably feel this to some extent. Um, even uh, during the 2000s, uh, you know, there was a lot of turbulence between the right and the left, uh, with people being irritated with, with George Bush as a president and feeling like he, you know, it was cheated that he got into office. And now we have a situation where we have Obama as the um, president, and a lot of people are either very for him or they hate him. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's such an extremeness that you could feel that really is very palpable in terms of people percep of perceptions of what's good, what's right, what's wrong. Again, these are very, very common experiences to, uh, that come up during shifts in, in consciousness or changes in astrology. So I want to mention one more thing about astrology, and then I'm going to start. Then I'm going to open up the phone line, or I'm going to answer uh, some of these questions that are coming at me here too. Uh, but uh, like I said, these are personal questions, so I just want to stay on this theme a little bit longer before we get to the personal stuff. Okay, guys. Um, the other thing that has happened is in the last couple of months, Uranus. Uh, all astrological stuff here, guys. That's what we're talking about today. Uranus moved into Aries. In fact, there's a lot of planets in Aries right now, too. Uh, things are beginning to move toward Taurus, but uh, we've had a lot of activity. Mercury, Uranus, um, Jupiter, um, the Sun, uh, Venus, Mars, all in Aries. But Uranus moved into Aries a few months ago, and that, of course, correlated with the um, uprisings in Egypt. Um, Uranus rules uh, eccentricity, iconclasm, where we're odd, where we're weird, where we're unique. Uh, Uranus, by the way, is a natal natural ruler of Aquarius. But it moved into Aries, and it moved into a fighting sign. So, of course, many, many people um, became fed up with uh, these dictatorships and these situations where they felt uh, that they were being controlled and, and manipulated uh, in some way. So, of course, absolutely, we see these uprisings coming up uh, as well, too. So Uranus will be in Aries, I think, for a good another seven or eight years before it necessarily goes out. So we can definitely see a bit more turbulence, although, I don't know, Uranus to me isn't really necessarily as much a fighting planet. Aries can be a fighting sign. Uranus, Uranus isn't necessarily a fighting planet. It has more to do with being unique and looking at things from a different perspective and taking a different approach to the way we, we solve events, uh, more about using the mind or brilliance or you know, playing it from a different angle. That's why I think much of the revolution occurred really through things like Facebook. So anyway, we are absolutely shifting into this um, this time of uh, Aquarian um, 
energy at this point, and it's going to become more solid as we progress into it. So again, keeping in mind the good side uh, of Aquarian energy, of course, is this uh, wonderful uh, ability to uh, to you know maybe inevitably get to a point where we have a, a unified sense of peace uh, on the planet itself in that sense, or um, you know this open mindedness and tolerance toward individuality and uniqueness that's coming into play. Um, so that that's one of the good things of it. We might get a little too detached. We might get a little too weird. And and technology is awesome. Don't get me wrong. I just think that um, sometimes people become a little bit too obsessed with it almost in terms of a fanaticism, and I think that that can be one of those things that can be a little bit on the negative side. Okay, so we've got about another uh, 10 minutes or so in the show, so I want to address uh, one of these personal questions here in the chat room. I'm also going to open up the phone line. I'm only going to probably be able to take one call. Uh, the phone line, the number here is 646-200-3966. Feel free to call in if you have a, um, a comment about what we've been talking about today or even if you want to ask a specific personal question, I can I can take uh, just a couple of minutes toward those today, but I certainly will. So for now, uh, again, 646-200-3966, but for now, I think I'm going to go to my question here from one love 555 and I'm going to read her question out loud um, so that anybody who's not in the chat room can understand what we're talking about here. A lot of people catch the show when it goes into archives. Um, so I want to make sure they know what we're talking about here. Okay, so um, let's see what One Love 555's question is today. She says, is my long-distance giving me hints, a uh, long-distance relationship, give me hints that he is going to pop the question? Do you feel that he will next time I, I, I allow him to see me? I say allow because I was denying his request to see me because it kills me when he leaves and he knows that. I told him that there is no substitute substance to us that I'd rather not see him. This was a while back. He's still pursuing me without saying much. Is this is this is is this his way of not ruining the surprise? Uh one what do you feel when do you feel he will be here in California? Uh will he tell me or just show me uh, show up since I have been rejecting him? Will he have a ring with him? Did he look forward to it? Uh did he look for it yet or not yet? Okay, so uh, I'm going to do my best to answer this. These are some pretty specific details, so um, I will do my best to see what I can kind of come up uh, with this. I'm going to answer this on air as opposed to typing it because it's uh, just definitely a distraction. and takes me forever to do that. Um, so, you know, you had asked a similar question, I mean, a couple of months back, and one of the things I had gotten, uh, I believe, and, and was that there was some type of, of thing about the summer, the to midpoint to late point of the summer where this would come into play um, with um, this this marriage proposal or something coming up. So I'm still on that. That's what I feel. So I think that um, you're getting a little nervous about this in that sense, uh, understandably so. But I do feel like it's still on target. So, yeah, the feeling that I'm getting is that he is um, considering this. He is looking around um, for a ring, or I, I do feel like he's still pursuing you in that sense, but he's not sure how to proceed. So, yeah, I am getting a feeling on that. I don't feel like um, he has a, a ring yet, though. I'm not seeing that when I look at the situation, but I do feel like he is on the road to finding that 
because that looks very, very um, real to me. Like he's looking into this. I feel like this is a very particular thing that he's he's attempting to do at this point. So he's not um, he's not going to uh, you know to choose something that he doesn't think is really top of the line. But yeah, the feeling that I'm getting is this is still on target. Um, a lot of this um, is. You know, you're you're kind of holding your ground here on a certain way for him to proceed, and I think um, at one level you do have to maintain um, your own sense of personal integrity. So I'll absolutely uh, give you a validation on doing that. But um, I, I feel like you have to. There's kind of a, a dance here, also at some level too, because it may feel like it's hard for him to proceed at some level. But I have to tell you that I don't think that that's going to stop him. So, you know, I mean, I, I really don't think that that's going to, you know, the, the, the restrictions you're putting up, I think some part of him understands them at some level. Um, then then that may be a big part of, of the fact that there, there's still love here in that sense. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh yeah, and, and your question is, will he have the ring the next time he comes or the time after that? i got to tell you, I feel like it's the time after that, but I get a feeling that he's going to give you certain hints and certain things um, that are uh, that are that that will kind of give you the, uh, the the track that he's he's on the road to that. So I do think you'll have kind of a good meeting the next time, um, and then the time after that is when I think you're actually going to sort of see this, this tangible movement forward. Um, let me tell you, uh, let me tell, I want to read something to you because I, uh, we, I think we just enough time to pull this off, but I love this. I pulled a rune stone for you, one love, five, five, five. You're the only one who's uh, asked a question, so we're going to stick with your question for the next couple of minutes. Um, so I pulled a rune stone on what your action was right now. So, um, this is what came up and I love this for you. I really want you to hear this and might certainly might apply to anyone else listening in their own areas. Sometimes I pull a rune and it, it ends up applying to a specific person's uh, question and then other people go, oh my God, that applies to my situation too. So if that's the case, feel free to hop on the bandwagon, guys. Okay. So this is what I pulled. I asked what your action was right now, uh, one love, five, five, five. And I pulled a rune called Burkana, which means growth, rebirth, and a birch tree. So it comes up reversed, which, by the way, is not necessarily negative. It just means that you uh, have to proceed with a certain level of a of, um, little bit of caution, or you have to be very conscious of the way that you maneuver. So let me read the message to you. Uh, this is from the Book of Runes by Ralph Blum. He says, events or more likely aspects of character interfere with the growth of your new life. You may feel dismay at failing to take right action, but rather than dismay, what is called for here is diligence. Examine what has occurred, your role in it, your needs, and the needs of other people. Are you placing your wants before the needs of others? Strip away until you can identify the obstacles to growth in this situation, then penetrating gently, imitate the wind. You may be required to cultivate the soil once again, yet through preparation, growth is assured. Okay, so let me tell you what this kind of means in layman's terms, because this is an awesome passage. So he uses the word dismay, which is an awesome word that we don't really use much in our culture, and I think it's a great word, because dismay is that feeling like, I've I got to do something. I, I need to know. I need to do something. I need to take some kind of action. But if I don't take some kind of action, it's all going to fall apart. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. 
this is these are all the elements of dismay when we're kind of freaking ourselves out 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 a bit in that sense. So what the rune is really really saying is it isn't that you've taken any wrong action or you're doing it the wrong way. It's really um, what he's talking about is the circumstances, the situations, and elements of yourself. You need to just do a little bit of readjustment or retweaking here in that sense, and to be conscious of yes, yeah, sometimes we want something but another person might need to proceed according to their own pace and with their, in, in their own way and their own time in that sense. But the good news in all of this is he says, penetrating gently imitate the wind. In other words, you know, absolutely relax into taking a windy, lighter approach to the situation. You can cultivate the ground again. You could talk to him. You can begin to see what goes on. And then you might be pleasantly surprised that things actually work out really, really well. That's what he's talking about. The growth is assured. You just have to take a little bit of a different angle to it. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and one love 555, she says, will he surprise me and show up and let me know and I will give in? Yeah, you know the answer to that question already because this is something that you want. It's also something that he wants. But it has to come in its own time in that sense, and that's what I feel like. I think you're going to see him again soon, and then he's going to, um, you're going to get, he's going to leave a couple of hints, let me put it to you that way, so you'll know what I'm talking about. And then the next time after that is, I think, when um, this is actually going to occur. So you're still on track for what we talked about even a couple a couple months back. So, again, this is this dismay thing that you're going through. So to so relax into it a little bit. Everything actually is proceeding according to plan. Um, it, you know, again, it's the impatience. It's the part of you that kind of wants to that wants to know. Um, uh, uh, yeah, and yes, about the California thing. Do you feel he will in California and that all I'd like to know, please? Yeah, that, absolutely. It's about California. It's about I feel like he's trying to line certain things up in that sense. He's trying to adjust his life figuring out a way to pull this off. So that's what's happening is he's actually trying to figure this out in that sense. And I feel like he kind of will. So, yes, again, I feel like that it's going in that direction and the way that you want it to. Okay, so I hope that was a help. I'm going to have to break off that subject because we only had a couple more minutes to finish up here. So, um, anyway, thank you for the question, and again, I hope it's a help. So, like I said, get out of your own way with the dismay. You're, you know, it, things are proceeding according to plan. Okay, looks like we got only two more minutes. So, I want to mention a couple things about um, my next show. Um, next show will be next Thursday. I have a, um, a uh, an herbalist, Andrea Sherman, on, so I'd like you all to tune in, and you'll get to ask questions of this herbalist about health and um and body maintenance and all those things. I've always loved talking to an herbalist. It's been a while since I've been able to do so. Uh, you'll find there's so many things that you can do with herbs that are healing and effective, and uh, this will be a great opportunity to do that. Uh, that will be a one-hour interview show, and again, I will say that um, when I do the interview shows, I, will, I only will take uh, questions to my guests during those shows. I'm, I'm here plenty of other times that you can, you can bother. You can uh, ask me questions <laughs> in that sense. So when I have the shows, I always keep the shows too. Uh, questions to my specific guest. So we'll be on next Thursday, and then I'll be here again the following uh, Thursday after that. Okay, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Um, whether you were in the chat room or not, I appreciate you guys checking out the show. I'll be here again next week. If you're not already getting my uh, monthly column, email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo.com or VenturaWords at Mac. Dot com and you can get on my free mailing list for my show. A lot of things are answered, and you get a lot of insight from the column. 
Also, if you're interested in any of my books, you can go to my website or um, Dirty Little Secrets is actually available on Amazon. Um, I also have the show uh, recorded. I'm on my uh, book recorded on an audio CD, so if you're ever interested in, in checking out that way, you can contact me through the website and get your copy of the, the book that way. And uh, Snake Oil Volume 1 should be uh, in print in the fall, so I'm just about finished with that as well. So um, a lot of things happening here and a lot of movement. Also, uh, I am available for private sessions as well. You can email me and uh, request a private session. Uh, my prices are on my website, and uh, you can get a lot more insight at a very, very personal level. Okay, so it looks like we're getting ready to sign out here. Again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you, One Love 555 Cat Love, Mustang Sally, and everyone else who was here that uh, we weren't able to... Uh, to, uh, we talk with today, and I will be here next time. Again, thank you for tuning in to Snake Oil Radio. This is Jim Ventura, and we'll catch you all next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.